0: to Stand out Medical Careers, the series of conversations with doctors about medical career motivations, choices, challenges, and fulfillment. I'm Anita Fletcher. In today's episode, we meet Associate Professor Rex Prappu. Rex's impressive LinkedIn profile headline introduces him as Executive Director of Medical Services and the 2023 Victorian Medical Specialist of the Year Rural Health Awards. Rex's work at Swan Hill District Health has resulted in bringing about a lot of positive change to the culture, educational opportunities, workforce numbers, which in turn have numerous benefits for the district and wider network across regional Victoria. Before we hear about Rex's work, I'd like to remind you that if you want notifications of when I release a new episode, or if you want to get a free checklist to help you create applications that stand out, go to the Standout Medical Careers website and sign up for my newsletter, standoutmedicalcareers.com.au. Hello, Rex, and thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for the invitation. Really honoured.
0: Lovely, thanks. Uh, look, I've seen your LinkedIn profile, and I've, you know it's got a, a pretty amazing outline of a very diverse and impressive career to date. How did you go from being a doctor to being part of the executive team at Swan Hill District Health?
1: It's uh, it's been a journey. Um, after a few years of pre-vocational training. I applied myself to undertake master's studies because everyone around me was doing something similar. Um, and I went about to enroll in master's of public health and health management as a junior doctor to kind of study more then. And there was more free time given that, you know, I was just a young doctor finishing medical school and finished my internship in a few years. Um, And at that point of time, um, I got engaged into a few service improvement roles um, and then um, worked at the drug and alcohol unit in Sydney, uh, had a bit of support to, you know, be a a senior member of the team. And then when I went back into medicine, um, I just felt that I was seeing one patient at a time and I've now developed these skills that I could apply differently. Uh, And one of my consultants said, Rex, have you considered medical administration of a career? And till that date, I'd never heard that medical administration was a specialty that one could train in. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to a few people in Perth who were medical administrators and there were a very small number of medical administrators in Perth and two of them spent time with me exploring what my previous training was and explaining to me what the program is and the opportunities to develop systems over one patient at a time and the improvement that one can bring about by a simple change in policy that impacts you know hundreds of lives that come through your door in a hospital so that inspiration um, put me through a trajectory of applying for positions as deputy director of medical services. And I was uh, invited for an interview at Northern Sydney in 2018, as the deputy director at a a very difficult time where the hospitals were moving from public hands to private hands, because you often see the other, other way around. And that opportunity really allowed me to gain insight into what medical administration was. Um, I had very good supervisors um, and mentors during throughout the training program. And uh, after a while, I moved on to Western Sydney uh, in the medical workforce unit, uh, managing large transactions for around 3,000 junior and senior staff in various positions, improving the workforce culture, and at that moment in time, my supervisor said, "You know, you are ready to look at your own, shape your own leadership," and they would support me to move into another position. I'd applied to three positions in Victoria, were offered all all positions, and uh, I ended up taking the position in Swan Hill in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been a it's been a great journey since then.
0: Great, right. wonderful, and. You know, I remember that time in 2018 as well. I'm a local to Northern Beaches Hospital and that was in the media quite a lot and worked at AMA New South Wales. So I was aware of, you know, that being a bit of an uncomfortable move for a lot of people, but it's, you know, as all change uh, brings uh, benefits and uh, takes some time for people to adjust sometimes and I believe things are working really well up there now. And, um, you know... A lot of people I speak to too aren't really aware about uh, medical administration as a a career option. And and I'd love to know some more about that, about what the role actually involves, and I'm sure the listeners would be too. So, you know, what really goes on at the executive level of running a hospital and what are some of the key functions of an executive director of medical services?
1: Sure, I'll start with uh, what specialist medical administrators we have broad training and expertise in health service leadership and management to start with. Uh, that's what the training provides us. The training is pretty comprehensive um, and allows us to apply ourselves in various settings, including private public hospitals, could be information technology, health insurance, uh, universities, community based healthcare. care. Uh, Uh, undertake roles of senior executives, clinical managers, medical advisors, um, and the responsibilities varies from role to role. Uh, Could be in service planning, policy development, performance management, optimizing operational efficiencies um, as we want to improve the cost efficacy of the services that we provide. Managing clinical risk, Um, patient safety, uh, regulatory compliance um, and medical legal aspects uh, that a medical administrator would be dealing with from in their roles from a day-to-day perspective. Uh, For an executive medical director, uh, we form a team of uh, executives. Um, It's a team-based role because each person brings their expertise to the table and it's about formulating As an organization, the strategy ahead, so there's a strategy component to the role on how our services are shaped today and what will tomorrow look like, Mm -hmm. looking beyond the current operations into five years, 10 years' time, what's going to be the demographic of population and their health needs within the region, Uh, what's going to be um, our roles in shaping the health that we've provided adequate access um, as well as services to that catchment of population. From an operational perspective, it can range from running operational efficiencies, improving systems, processes, flow, looking at the having a pulse on the culture of the organization because it's very important to remind, remind ourselves that at the end of the day, hospitals are people and uh, people uh, have different aspirations. They come with... Uh, Values to uh, serve the population and so it's, there's a lot of people management involved at an executive level
0: mm-hmm. Yes, and I was curious about that too in terms of you know how much does the executive team liaise and consult with the other people working within the hospital? Does it meet regularly with the senior medical officers and other medical staff and other allied health or Uh, people or administrative people does that sort of happen on a regular basis
1: absolutely I think um, you know meetings and getting people together bringing people together on different agendas it might be related to um, a single department or it could be multiple departments on various major projects or I give you an example of, you know, if you've got to roll out an electronic medical record, you need a whole of organization response. Mm -hmm. You need senior doctors, you need nurses, you need pharmacists. Uh, Everyone who works in a hospital is a care provider, no matter what their role is. Mm
0: -hmm. From
1: the person who maybe cleans the hospital or provides the food services, they're all Providers of care. So, everyone has got an equal responsibility to ensure that the care that we provide to the patients are at the forefront of all our actions. And so, mm-hmm. it is encompassing every discipline, you know, and at every system, at, at every layer of the organization. So, at the executive level, whilst we might have, you know, operational strategy which is aligned with the board's needs and ministers of health's needs depending on the time and the place and the system that you're working with Um, the executive team has got a big impact on ensuring that the operational team uh, is meeting those goals is meeting those targets is uh, persevering to do um, some form of improvement from the systems that we already have because there's always room for Improving a process there's always room for looking at efficiencies and it's always room to bring people together to um, Have conversations around how can we do this better?
0: Mm -hmm. And I know that um, thanks for that and and I know that one of the uh, initiatives that you've brought um, been a part of uh, bringing positive change to Swan Hill is the expansion of training opportunities for junior doctors and to entice people to come to the area Could you tell us a bit about
1: that, please? Absolutely. You know, I usually have a story to tell. When I moved to Swan Hill in 2019, there were four doctors who were in the town and, you know, were working in different roles. And we've now gone from four to 24. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's been a massive sea change. defining first you know the strategy of with the existing staff with the existing stakeholders defining what we are and what we want to be in the next five years and then getting them to define that vision was i think the first task mm-hmm. and then setting the tone of the organization to develop the culture within to uh, attract and retain um, doctors and as we know training opportunities um, are quite variable because in some places you can train for a bit and the doctor has to move along to another service. And exclusive in regional areas, GP training has uh, various pathways. Some doctors go through the Australian general practice pathway where they have to demonstrate variability in practice and move towns. And that becomes a challenge, especially in a regional area, because once you brought them into town, you want to keep them for that 10-year of their training, but also then after they finish training, keep them engaged in the community that they've trained for. So it's been a, it's been a long journey. We, I can successfully say that Swan Hill now has the seeds of Victoria's first end-to-end program. We've started training third-year medical students now, uh, but we continue to run robust postgraduate training programs. Where the doctor can complete their entire g p fellowship from third year medical school through to their internship, their pre vocational years, a bit of advanced training in g p generalist skills and complete your g p fellowship at a single location mm-hmm. whilst there are some differences where we you know we we will have to send our students to the Royal Children's Hospital for their pediatric training because we don't have an inpatient pediatric service, whilst there are some elements that we are going to partner with bigger organizations. You know, most of the training can be completed at a single location. And the benefit we've already seen is two of these students have already purchased houses in town, which is, and have expressed their interest to the university that they want to do their internship in Swan Hill. Mm -hmm. And two of them have partners who've joined the nursing workforce. it's already bringing dividends in small ways um, to a to a to a small to medium regional country town.
0: Mm, excellent, that's, that's such a great story, Rex, and I'm so pleased you can share that with us today. And what are some of the benefits that so that those doctors and others who are moving out to Swan Hill are, are experiencing?
1: I think these doctors who've moved across and continue to move across are looking at that career pathway, the stability of not moving town because it can be very disruptive to uh, training. It can be very disruptive to your family life. And we're seeing for the last four or five years, most of the universities in Australia have attract- have been attracting postgraduate students. So these are mature age students who are already in their late early 20s, early 30s. Uh, they've had a career in the past. They know what they want. They know where they want to train. They they already have the aspirations set up. So it allows them to, to complete their training in a single place, but also gives them opportunity then once they complete training and opportunity to continue their work in the region. Mm-hmm. The bigger picture is a small region like Swan Hill is now assisting smaller towns, is, um, which is which is devoid of a doctor or has had fly-in, fly-out doctors. And the bigger picture for us is we become a a smaller hub but we then can place out doctors to these smaller regions where they don't have doctors and are devoid of doctors Um, and also when it comes to relief services so you know a week ago a month ago there was a shortage of an anesthetist at uh, a smaller hospital 45 kilometers away and they contacted us and said could you share someone And, and we could say yes because that's That's a rarity to say, yes, you've got someone who can come in and help out when, you know, there's some genuine illness or, you know, genuine uh, difficulty in attracting doctors. So um, there is a a clear purpose for everyone that's coming here. They've got a clear purpose on what they can attain for their careers, Um, career progression for those who want to teach the next generation of doctors, because as we progress these students we, you know i'm sure there's going to be pressures from the university to take more numbers and as we train more we need more educators so there's going to be a, a, a good platform for doctors to spend some time in teaching spend some time in clinical service, service delivery uh, that allows them to thrive in their own specialties
0: mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm particularly interested. uh, Well, it's been an interest for quite some time when we actually met at a um, rural medicine conference uh, last year. And since then, I've now had one of my training programs accredited by the College of Rural and Remote Medicine. Um, What do you? Does Swan Hill have an association with the College?
1: Absolutely. So we train this year in 2023 we received uh, six Um, we were one of the hospital is affiliated with the practice and the practice received six uh, registrars at one given shot now that's a rarity because Mm -hmm. many other practices are struggling to find one or two registrars um, and three of these registrars are affiliated with the college of rural and remote medicine and three others are affiliated with the College of General Practitioners. So we can train, we have the capacity, we have supervisors to train both specialties, both colleges. Uh, There are some intertwining um, commonalities in training, but there's also some differences in their training. Uh, The Rural Remote Medicine Training Program is more comprehensive program and more hospital-based care and specialist, and a specialty-based care, whereas general practice focus on mostly community general practice. So whilst there are differences, um, I think the harmony of having
0: Mm.
1: both those mindsets and both those, uh, um, I guess, differences within a place brings that diversity to patient care. Mm.
0: um,
1: And it allows for patients to get the best care close to home. So uh, I think uh, it's important to bring together like in Swan Hill, we do have a few specialists as well that deliver training. So having generalists, specialists, and GPs all working together to deliver patient care, patient care is what we what we really do well.
0: Mm, that's fantastic! It's so good to hear about such wonderful progress in that area, and I'm sure it's not uh, something that isn't being noticed by the community there. And what are some of the challenges faced by communities in regional settings? And how did your prior experience in metropolitan centres help bring positive change to Swan Hill?
1: Sure. I think every regional town across the country have some common challenges. Um, Access to healthcare is very different from urban metropolitan. It's as simple as... You know, the specialist care is mostly available in the cities, it's very accessible but in regional towns we do have visiting specialists coming from time to time so it's not really as accessible as what it can be in the city. Mm. Uh, there's obviously health inequities, disparities, uh, people living in isolated, isolated uh, localities, isolated farms. It's very easy to get an ambulance into the hospital, but it's very difficult to then transfer them out because they are living isolated and with lack of support, um, and also, uh, you know, other, uh, you know, social determinants of health are much more different than what they are in the city. So it adds an entire complexity to the care that you provide in regional uh, settings. Now. Um, I guess the experiences that I brought in, having worked in different settings, you know, that itself gives you a fresh set of eyes when you come into a new place. And uh, I think the first thing I noticed was really um, improving structures and processes around um, clinical governance, improving structures around, you know, recruitment, retention, relationships of with medical professionals because that's where I had influence on. So um, our teams, you know, sat down together, mapped out a road plan of how we'll engage doctors and how we'll um, understand what their needs are and in Swan Hill, at that point of time, there were you know ninety percent of the visiting medical faculty were flying fly out. So mm-hmm. we started with that. We started rounding with the visiting doctors, and we said, "What's going well? What's not going well? What could we do better?" And we also asked them questions like, "What are your aspirations? What will it take for you to come join the team?" And so those crucial conversations helped few doctors. You know, we had conversations over a period of time. They said they wanted a bit of niche in education. Uh, some wanted uh, leadership training and said, okay, we'll, how about we give you a trial and, you know, maybe stick around for a year, you know, start that engagement there. Those doctors have stayed back. Uh, that made a huge difference to training and education because we could, accredited, we could get post accredited for junior doctors to train. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's lead to the next success so it was one step after another it was not built over a day took uh, significant investment in time um, thinking differently partnering with other agencies and think that's a big uh, aspect of rural and regional medicine you know no man can live as an island so you know a health service alone working isolated makes no difference to the world but if you partner with agencies like the primary health network partner with rural workforce agencies find out what benefits they have and we've been successful in tapping into some of the grants that are available for rural doctors it might be giving them a week in in the children's hospital to upskill their pediatric emergency skills it might be giving them uh, a week in leadership training them to enhance their skill or you know some kind of coaching program to improve conversations in the workplace so the smaller things matter a lot um, mm-hmm. and you know when you meet with these doctors at least you know on a regular basis but you know formally at least for the annual performance it becomes a matter of what can the organization give you to make you feel mm-hmm. much more valued or what can the organization invest in you for you to do your role well so I've taken that kind of service framework and service-mindedness from my previous roles and um, imbibed it into the workplace here and even including conversations around, crucial conversations around patient safety, crucial conversations around interpersonal relationships and professional accountability. And that's brought the sea of change into uh, what we've achieved.
0: Wonderful, yeah. And it feels to me that it paints this picture of the overall culture really developing, moving ahead, including people, bringing them along the way. They're all part of it, making them part of it. Um, So well done. I think it's a fantastic story. And uh, how about you? Do you have any, uh, would you like to share any personal goals or exciting new projects that are on the horizon for Swan Hill Hospital?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. We've just just started construction of a brand new emergency department. So...
0: Mm-hmm. works just
1: started underway there's a lot of parking parking challenges at the moment because uh, the construction sites begun but it's an exciting phase because you know hospitals are built once in 100 years so mm-hmm. you know i'm lucky now i'm part of two hospital builds <laughs> in my short span of career mm-hmm. and medical administration so i've seen a, a building being constructed in northern sydney and ready to occupy and now i'm seeing um, i've gone through the process of starting from scratch so from the design stage to execution so that um, end-to-end I guess being part of that end-to-end process has given me I guess knowledge and you know skills to how to manage such kind of project engagement especially with medical staff
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: we are still uh, working on developing enhanced skill sets in the workplace uh, much more Structured, uh, departmental kind of, you know, setting up uh, departments for high dependency care um, and those kind of aspects. On a personal front, you know, I'm getting back into a bit of study after completing my fellowship for two years. Of study has taken a bit of backseat, so I'm engaging in the company directors course later this year just to, you know, contribute to the, you know, contribute from a board level and understand what it means. Need- understand the other side of what board members are thinking and Mm -hmm. expecting of executives so um, those are some of the you know personal obviously work related uh, projects that i'm working on and there is also on the anvil we're looking at uh, developing an integrated uh, electronic medical record system for the region so five hospitals uh, for mildura um Regional health swan hill we're all part of a consortium looking at rolling out uh, in the long term a single electronic medical record that will make i guess access to information much more easier and patient transfers much more smoother between mm-hmm. hospitals so quite a few uh, projects on the anvil and we'll end, you know as you say every day is a different day you get 100, 100 emails every day and some challenge pops up you so it's you know it's it's quite a busy role but it's also rewards when you see an organisation that you walked into was at one stage and now it's, you know, a much more standstill. It's uh, able to function and as an executive, you can focus on the bigger things over small day-to-day operational matters. So,
0: yeah. Mm, excellent. Well, thank you very much, Rex, for sharing those experiences. And um, how can listeners get in touch with you um, or learn more about you?
1: Yeah, I've got a very active LinkedIn profile now. And so I'd say get in touch with me on LinkedIn. I'm mm-hmm. presenting at various workforce forums on the successes that we've had here in Hill, and to try to replicate it at other places. Um, I'm working closely with Victorian Healthcare Association as well as uh, the Rural Workforce Agency of Victoria, um, as well as I'm well engaged with the Royal Australasian College of Medical Administrators in the Victorian Uh, Network. So, yeah, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Got my details there, and you know, if you want to kind of talk to me about what you're doing, and you know, whether if I can give in some input on you know a a different approach, I'd be happy to do that.
0: Okay, wonderful. Well, thanks again, Rex. It was a pleasure speaking with with you, and all the best with those upcoming projects.
1: Great. Thanks a lot, Anita. Thank you.
0: See you. See ya. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Standout Medical Careers. If you like the episode or think it will be useful to someone else, please leave a review at podchaser.com. And if you've got any questions, let me know on LinkedIn at Standout Medical Careers. And remember, the better you articulate your story, the more you will stand out.